Hey, this is Pastor Arm, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. Well, would you put your hands together and welcome everyone who's joining us online. Thank you so much for stopping by. If you're ever in the area, we would love for you to come be a part of one of our services at 9.30 or 11 o'clock. If you have your Bible, let's go to James, the fifth chapter. I'm going to start reading in the 13th verse. And we thank the Holy Spirit for taking complete control and leading us where he will. The Bible says, is anyone among you suffering? I believe that all of us can fit into this category at one point or another. Maybe some of you today, you don't want to raise your hand, but you would say, hey, that's me. I've got some issues that I'm dealing with. I am suffering today. What do we do about it? The Bible says, if you're suffering, let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call to the elders of the church and let them pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. That's why we anoint people with oil here. We believe that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We don't believe that God has retired. I don't believe that God hit a point where he's like, I'm done with my work. Now I'm going to sit here and enjoy the beach. You know, a lot of times we treat, we treat heaven like this place that one day we're going to get to and everything's going to be good over there, not realizing that God wants heaven to invade our earth, that God wants to mix and mingle with us right here, right now. I believe that I shall see, David said, the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I believe in the sweet by and by, and it's going to be amazing, but I believe that today I can see the goodness of the Lord right here, right now. And so we anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith. That's important. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. It's an amazing opportunity that the God invites us into with prayer to pray and believe for his will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. We pray, we have faith, and then God raises up. That's the way prayer works. We do our part, and then God steps in and does what only he can do. Your prayer is powerful. Turn to the person next to you and say, your prayer prayer is powerful. powerful. Not only is it powerful, it is necessary for the will of God to be accomplished here on earth. We oftentimes think, well, if God wants to do it, he'll just do it. And that's not how it works. If you read through scripture, God partners with his creation, those created in his image and his likeness, and it is through willing vessels that he releases what he wants to accomplish in the earth. He tells Moses, stretch your staff. He tells Moses, strike the rock. Then later he tells Moses, speak to the rock. You can go through story after story after story. Well, if God wanted us to have water, he'd just release it from the rock. Have you ever thought that maybe there are things that God has prepared for you that he wants to release to you and he's just waiting for you to pray about it with faith? This is good stuff, church. I'm going to buy the CD and listen to it myself later. He says, is anyone sick? The prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. One man waters, one man sows, one man waters. God brings the increase. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person 
That's someone who has come into Christ. You understand that when you receive Christ, you receive his righteousness. He's accomplished everything that needs to be accomplished. It's not based upon your good works or anything that you do. It's all based upon what Jesus has done. And so if you are in Christ, you've received the righteousness, and this verse has your name on it. Tell the person next to you, say, this one has my name on it. He says, the prayer of a righteous person, that's you, that's me, has great power as it's working. I love that verse. The prayer of a righteous person, that's me, has great power But we need to remember this, as it is working. In other words, when the prayer of a righteous person, when the prayer of the child of God is released into the atmosphere, it goes into an unseen realm where it begins to work. I don't know if you've ever worked in a garden where you take a seed, you plant it into the ground. What you do is you bury that seed, you cover it with dirt, and it begins to go into an unseen realm. But just because you cannot see it does not mean that it's not working. We know that it is in the process of being buried in the unseen place that it begins to germinate, it begins to produce, it begins to spread some roots. And as it grows, as it gets stronger, then it springs forth. That's how we should picture our prayer. If I'm a righteous person, immediately, when the prayer of faith is released from my mouth, it goes into an unseen realm. But even though I can't see it, I have to know and have faith that it is is working it is germinating it is beginning to sprout it is beginning to get some roots and at the right time in the proper season that thing is going to spring up the moment your prayer is released it begins working we have to understand there's a process somebody say a process i love when i pray about something and see immediate results But there are many times that I pray about something and God takes us through this process. And I want to encourage you this morning with this. Know that as a child of God, your prayer has power and it has power as it's working. So don't stop. And I just come into agreement before we go any further. I come into agreement with all the prayers that you have prayed. The prayers for your family are working. The prayers for your marriage are working. The prayers for your business are working. The prayers over your home, over our city, they are working. The problem is, y'all ready for the problem? Somebody say, wah, wah. And this is true. The problem is many times we walk away from the harvest before it's ready. Just let that settle in. So we pray, the seed is planted, It starts working, but I get frustrated with the fact that it's not happening in my time schedule, on my timetable, or it's not happening in the way I want it to happen. So what happens is I walk away and I leave the blessing. I leave the harvest there behind me. The Bible says, don't get weary in doing good. Prayer's good, right? How many of you say prayer? That's a good thing. And Paul in Galatians, the sixth chapter, he's saying, don't get weary in well-doing. Because if you do not faint, if you'll keep on going, if you'll have some endurance at the right time in the proper season, that thing will spring forth. And so that's the faith, the confidence I have in God that as I pray and I pray in faith, I believe that at the right moment, in the right season, if I do not give up, if I do not walk away, it will spring up. James 5, 17 says, Elijah was a man with a nature 
like ours. That means he was just like you. He had good days. He had bad days. You know, sometimes we read through scripture and we see these heroes of the faith like Moses and David and Noah and Elijah and Elisha, Samson. We see all these people and we think that they saw amazing things because they were amazing human beings. We think that they saw special things because they were so special to God. And what James is trying to bring us to is this reality is that Elijah was just like you. Moses was just like you. They had faith and they received not because of their goodness, but because of their faith. Are you seeing that? They're just like you. They had problems, they had struggles. There was moments where they got discouraged, but they believed God and God moved on their behalf. You need to that God doesn't play favorites. There is no one person that is more special to God than anyone else. If you think that I am more important to God than you are, you are believing a lie. Because there, God is no respecter of persons. We are all in the same boat. And how far we go into God is determined by how deep we're willing to go into God. Are you following that statement? How far we go with God is determined by how deep we are willing to go into God. When you read about the apostles in the New Testament, the reason amazing things were happening at the hands of the apostles and, and things were amazing were exploding in the church wasn't because they were special people. It's because they dedicated their life to the word of God and to prayer. Read it in Acts the second chapter. Read what they did. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the word of God, to prayer. The apostles, as a matter of fact, they say, you know what? There's things like, you know, the widows need to be fed, the, the, the tables need to be set. All of that's important and that needs to happen, but we don't need to be the ones doing it. We need to get some people that can help us out in this area so I can dedicate my life to prayer and the study of scripture because the deeper I go into God, the more I'm going to be able to accomplish for his church. So get that. It's not because there are special people. It's because they have decided I am going to go as deep as I can and I am going to allow God to use me in mighty and powerful ways. Turn to the person next to you and say, I will be a willing vessel. What does it take to be used by God? You want to know what the answer is? Be a willing vessel. God doesn't have these stipulations of, okay, well, once you get to this age, you're ready but beyond this age, you're too old. Like we have those type scenarios in our earthly realm. Like you're, you're too young right now, but then there comes a moment where you're too old. And I've found that the, the in-between is too short. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying. Like I realized like this is my last Sunday in my 30s. Like time's going by really fast, but God doesn't have any timetable. He says, you're 90 years old. I can still use you. You're five, you're six, I can still use you. Why? It's based upon my willingness. So Elijah was a man just like our, like just like us. Yet he saw great and mighty things because he prayed fervently. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. The first thing you need to write is this, pray with passion. Pray with passion. Write it down if you're watching online, put it in the comments section below. My prayer, if it's gonna be effective, needs to be passionate. The Bible says that Elijah prayed fervently. That means with passion. If you go back to James, the fifth chapter, verse 16, the scripture we quoted earlier in the King James, it says, the effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. That means the, the passionate prayer 
of the believer has great power as is working. In Hebrews, the fifth chapter, speaking about Jesus' prayer life, verse 7, it says, in the days of his flesh, when he actually walked on earth in his flesh suit, Jesus offered up prayers and supplication with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Jesus prayed passionately. Elijah prayed passionately. Everybody that I know in my life that has a powerful prayer life is because when they pray, they pray passionately. Now, when I talk about praying with passion, it has nothing to do with your volume. Automatically, some of you, when I say be passionate, and we talk about Jesus with loud cries and loud shouts, that that's what makes our prayer effective. It has nothing to do with the volume of your voice. It has nothing to do with the posture of your physical body. I asked my grandfather one time before he passed away because he was a man of prayer. He was a powerful man of God. I asked him, I said, I said, what's one thing that you can teach me about prayer? And I was waiting for this big elaborate thing. And he said, son, prayer is not about the posture of the body, but the posture of the heart. And this is a man who had worn out his knees through praying on his knees. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with praying on your knees. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to show you that sometimes we think that if I do prayer this way or if I stand this way or if I hold my hands this way and if I shout loud enough or if I repeat myself enough, then my prayer will be heard by God and it has nothing to do with that. Passionate prayer is bubbling up from the inside of you. And that may manifest with a loud shout, that may manifest by me dropping to my knees, that may manifest by me raising my hands or crying. Are you seeing that? But it's passion. I mean, have you ever been to a basketball game where you see passionate people? You can tell, you can tell the difference between those who are passionate and those who could care less. How? By how they are behaving themselves. And so I want you to see that if you can begin to pray with passion because there is compassion inside of you, it's going to move your prayer life further along. See, when I see what Alex is going through in his life, and I'm touched by what touches him. I'm moved by what moves him. When he suffers, the Bible says, when, when one of you suffer, we all suffer. And so when I am touched by what touches you, that causes me to pray in a different way. Because now I'm praying as if it's happening to me. I'm praying as if it's happening to my family. And that compassionate prayer bubbles up on the inside of me. And I begin to pray with passion. God, hear my cry today and move on the behalf of Alex. God, we know that nothing is impossible to you. And so this barrier that that's coming to his life, we declare in the name of Jesus, it is coming down and it leaves right now. That, that's passionate, right? Nonchalant would be, well, God, you know what Alex is going through, so just, you know, whatever, whatever thine will. Have thine will, Lord. Have thine will. No, no, no. I'm, I'm passionate about this. I'm passionate about it. When we pray with passion, we're praying because it moves us. If it's not moving you, then it may not be moving God when you release it. Does that make sense to you? Is that connecting with you? It, I need to get to this place to where when I am praying about something, it's moving me deeply. I see what's going on in the world and it touches me deeply and I begin to pray, I begin to declare, I begin to say what God's word says on the matter. So first thing, my prayer needs to be 
passionate. It needs to be filled with passion. I don't know about you, but I don't want my wife to kiss me without passion. I don't want her to kiss me out of responsibility. See, sometimes that's what we do. We make prayer a responsibility or a burden. It's because we don't fully understand what prayer is. Prayer is not a burden. It is a blessing. It is God inviting you to partner with him to see his will that is in heaven accomplished here on this earth for your family, for your finances, for your relationships. Are you seeing this? When I, when I start to understand what prayer is, not only does it motivate me to do it, but it's going to motivate me to do it more often because I see there's great power as it's working. I'm not waiting for things to change around me. I'm not waiting for things to happen to me. I'm directing the course of my life with the way I pray. You know, I talked to, we have a group of men that met together before the service this morning. Uh, we got together at 9 o'clock before the first service. And I started talking to them about how important what we are doing is. I said, this may be a small group of, of men, but we are planting seed that is going to work and bring about a harvest. Don't expect anything unless you're willing to pray into it. I don't think that God is going to build a great church here on Dabs Ridge Road because I'm that great of a co communicator. I mean, it helps that I'm extremely good looking. Don't get me wrong. Like that, <laughs> that plays into my favor. <laughs> But I don't think that God's going to build a church because I'm a great communicator. I don't think that God's going to build a church just because our worship team is so good. I don't think that God's going to build a church because we got great graphics and lights. God will build his house because people like you and I have cared enough for our community to pray in it and pray for it and believe God to do something amazing in the hearts and the lives of people all around. That's why when I pray, God, make this church a lighthouse a place for the hopeless to come. Lord, allow people, we prayed it this morning, when people step onto this property, allow them to fill your Holy Spirit. If you've ever come onto this property and say, I felt the Spirit here, which I've had people tell me, it's because we've prayed into that. There's great power as it's working. You may not see it immediately, but no, it's working. That gives me great confidence. I don't know about you, but that, that gives me the endurance I need to keep on going because I know this thing's doing something. I don't see it, but it's doing something. So, pray passionate prayers. Second thing, make prayers that are full of faith. Somebody say they got to be full of faith. You've heard me say this a lot if you've been to our church for any amount of time, but it's important to hear and understand and rehearse that faith is the currency of heaven. Just like you can take your wallet out today and go to a store, you can give them cash, you can use a credit card, and you're exchanging what you have for the goods you desire. That's how faith works. Without faith, the Bible says it's impossible to please God. We've got to believe that he is, that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So when we release our faith, that what we do is we actually tap into that supernatural or heavenly account that belongs to us. See, I want you to understand that before you were formed in your mother's womb, the Bible teaches that we had a purpose. He called you. He knew you. He knew who you would be. He knew what he had designed you for. And he prepared for you everything that you need. The Bible says for life and godliness, it belongs to us. So God's not in heaven preparing things for you. 
It's not like once I pray for something, God's making it for me. To, it's already there. It's already in my account. Somebody said it's already there. So I've got to understand, God has already prepared things for me. What eye has not seen, what ear has not heard, what it's not even entered into the heart of man, the things that God, what? Has prepared with an ED. It's already there. So what happens is when I realize, okay, God's got some things for me, and I release my faith through prayer, I actually reach out into the supernatural realm and pull it into my natural realm. Are you, are you following me? Some of you are looking like you don't get it. Let me break it down real slow. There are things that God has prepared for you. It's already got your name on it. He's waiting for you to have the prayer of faith and to call those things that you do not see in the natural into your realm. My family is blessed. My body is whole. Our community is saved. You hear what I'm saying? My finances are blessed. This is not a name it and claim it message. This is not blab it and grab it. This is God, your word says this. You're not a man that you should lie. Your word, you say, prospers wherever you send it. And so I'm declaring that your word for me will prosper. Your word for my family will prosper. Your word for my marriage will prosper. Your word for my body and for my health will prosper. I have faith and I believe that I will see it happen in my are you seeing that? At the right time, in the due season, it is going to spring forth. James, the first chapter, verse 6 through 7 says, talking about asking and praying, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person, the person that has no faith, the person who doubts, must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Prayer is not, I hope this will happen. Prayer is not, I hope someone's listening. I think sometimes we pray like, I'm just gonna throw a bunch of stuff up in the sky and hope something sticks. That's not real prayer. Prayer is knowing I am convinced that God is able but not just able, that he's actually willing to move and help me in my time of need. See, I think there are a lot of people in here, if you would be honest, you would say, I believe God can do anything. I mean, if you're not on that level, then we need to you know, take you downstairs to the kids' class and let you get on that level. I don't, know, I don't know many people who have been saved that would say, oh, God can't do anything. Like, God can do anything. And I, people say that all the time. Well, I believe God can do anything. I mean, I believe God can speak right now and turn the blue sky green. If he says it's green, it's green. I believe he can. That's not where we stumble. Where we stumble is, do we believe he will for us? I believe Jesus can heal, but do I believe he will heal? Me. I believe Jesus can restore marriages, but do I believe he will for me? Think about the person that comes to Jesus and says, Lord, if you will. And Jesus is like, what? if I will, if you will. I mean, we know God's will according to his word. We know his will. We know what he's able to do. He's waiting for us to, to mix that thing with some faith and believe that he will for us. I mean, I love to see Alex prosper and be in health, but how about me? I want to prosper and be in health. So we've got to mix it with some faith. That's why reading your Bible is very important. That's why listening to faith-filled teaching is very important. 
I don't just listen to anybody teach the Word of God. I make sure that it's faith-filled because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The more of God's Word I get into my life, the more faith I have because I see who He is. I see His nature. I see what He said. And what He has said paints a picture on the canvas of my heart of what I can have. And now I've got something I can, I can jump out on. That's why it's not name it, claim it, pie in the sky stuff. I'm actually seeing, okay, God, you say this. This is what your word says. So I'm going to pray about that. I'm going to declare it, and I'm going to stand, and I'm going to wait, and I'm going to have patience, and I'll endure it until I see that thing happen in my life. Are you getting anything so far? So prayer has to have faith. My prayer has to be filled with faith. If there is no faith, you're wasting your time. I want to say that as nice as I can. These people get on Facebook and they're like, throw some prayers and good vibes my way. Good vibes will do nothing for you. Okay? Good vibes will do nothing for you. The prayer of an unbeliever will do nothing for you. God hears the prayer of his children. The only prayer he hears from an unbeliever is, Jesus, save me, a sinner. Once you've prayed that, he hears that, then you step into his righteousness, and now your prayer has power when you pray with faith. But there are a lot of people that they've claimed Jesus, but they have no faith for anything. But don't pray for me. If I'm in the hospital suffering, don't come in and talk, talk about, well, maybe it's God's will for you to go. <laughs> don't do that. Pray faith over me until I'm gone. And when I'm gone, pray faith that I'll come back. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, at what point do we give up on our faith? Nothing is impossible to God. And I'm going to live that way. I'm going to posture myself. I'm going to believe that way. I'm going to pray that way. I would rather shoot for the stars and miss than aim for the ditch and hit it every time. Does that make sense? I'd rather shoot for the stars and miss than aim at the ditch and miss, which is our third point. Pray big prayers. Turn the person next to you say, pray big prayers. If you are only praying about things that you can fix yourself, your prayers aren't big enough. Now, we should pray about everything, right? But if I only pray about things that I can fix myself, I'm not praying big enough. Like, for instance, God, I just ask that you would move in a mighty and a powerful way and allow me to lose five pounds. I know that I can do that on my own. Am I going to? Probably not. I'll just be honest with you in the house of the Lord. But I've got the power to. I've got the physical ability to put down the blueberry donut. <laughs> Again, probably not going to, but I've got the power to. But here's the thing I've learned about God. He doesn't like quitters, so I will not quit. <laughs> We need to make big prayers. I think, I think sometimes we don't pray big because we see the situation as too impossible and we don't want to be let down. Does that make sense? I don't want to be disappointed. So we, we, we pray prayers like, well, God, if it's your will. Like I shouldn't have to pray if God, if it's your will. Like God's going to do what he wants to do. I'm going to pray in faith believing and I'm going to pray big doesn't matter how impossible it looks. I'm going to pray big because it is my prayer. It is what I say that actually moves mountains and obstacles in my way. 
Have you ever thought that there are things that you're dealing with and wrestling with because you've not prayed about it in faith? You just think this is just, this is the way it is. This is the way it's always going to be. I've told you all the story. For those of you who see outside, there's a lot of work going on on the church property. We're getting ready to build a new facility back there that will give us a greater capacity to hold more people. This entire building is going to be designated for children and youth for the time being. They're also adding more parking. We started this process several years ago, and actually before I ever mentioned it to the church, I was already working on it. And when we came up with the plans, we submitted them, the county said, no, you can't do it because the soil on the property is not good enough to support the size septic system that you'll need. That's what they said. They said, not only can you not do an expansion, you'll never build another building on this property. That's what they told me. You'll never do it. So I said, okay. So I, I kind of put that in the back of my mind for a little while. Then I said, you know what? I know that God's called this church. I know that he's called us to do something amazing. I'm not going to be limited by what man has said. So I went out there where those bulldozers are and where the bobcats are and all that stuff. One day by myself, I had my oil. It was this bottle right here, as a matter of fact. I had my oil. And I went out and I started anointing the ground right there. And I started saying, Father, I thank you for the work that you're going to do here through Activation Church. And I declare that this property, this land will be fruitful, that this land will produce, that it will be used for your glory. So we got rid of that builder, got another builder. He went and found this guy that designed septic systems, and he wrote up most of the code for the state of Georgia. When the county saw his name on it, they said, anything he designs, will approve. But I didn't just say, come what may. So many times we just have this come what may attitude. Well, God's in control. I believe God's in control. God will have his will. I believe God will have his will. But have you ever considered the fact that we partner with him in the midst of this, in the midst of his sovereignty? He has sovereignly chosen to use men and women just like you or I to accomplish his will here on earth. Noah, build an ark. Well, God, if it's your desire for me to have an ark to save us from this flood you say it's going to come, then send it. No, you build it. Hello? That's, that's a really good point. You've got to do what you can do, and then God shows up and does what only he can do. So you've got to pray, you've got to speak, you've got to declare, and you've got to do it with faith, and you've got to pray big. I want this to be a church of people that we pray big. Nothing is impossible to God. Well, they're ate up with cancer. Nothing is impossible to God. Well, they're on their deathbed. Nothing is impossible to God. I, I listened to a man that I, I know recently. He was, he was ministering on YouTube. And he was telling the story. He had coronavirus. It got too far. Pneumonia set in. He was in the hospital. Things got worse and worse and worse for him. And they were going to put him on a ventilator. This man decided, and I'm just telling you his story. I'm not telling you what kind of decisions you should make. Is everybody with me here? You've got to move at the level of your faith. But this man said, I'm not going on a ventilator. As bad as it was, they said, well, you, you know, if you don't do it, you're going to die. Your lungs are filled, all this stuff. He had some scripture that he continually declared over himself. And he said, in the nighttime, when fear would try to come into the room, I would begin to praise. I would begin to worship. He was very quickly released from the hospital, completely healed. Two nights later, he's standing in his church. He's ministering. He's singing. He's playing his trumpet. 
because God touched him. He chose not to believe the report of the world, but he stood on the promises of God. My point is this, stand on the promises of God. Have faith. God will do what he's gonna do. God's will will play out, but nowhere does it say we get to determine what his will will be because this looks too far gone. Are you, does that make sense to you? So I'm gonna pray and pray and pray and believe. And then the Bible says, he raises up. So however it works out, man, if it didn't work out this way, then God's got something better. He's got something greater. And that's, that was my feeling with the property. I prayed for the property. I believed it would produce. But if it came back, then I would just believe, man, God's got some, another place for us that's even better than this. We're going to be able to put the biggest septic system in the world on the property that God's got prepared for us. It's going to handle all of your mess. Come all who will and lay your mess upon us for our land can handle it. Are you seeing what I'm saying? God is never done, ever. God's never done. There are things that God spoke 20 years ago, 30 years ago to you. He's not done yet. Have faith, pray big, don't give up. The next point is this. Make your prayers continually. Someone say continually. Continually. I want to go back to Galatians 6, 9 that I quoted earlier. Where the Bible says, and let us not grow weary in doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Let me say that again. Don't grow weary in doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Weariness isn't something that just happens all at once. Weariness is something we work ourselves into. And I think weariness with prayer happens to when we've prayed continually. I've prayed this, I've believed for this, but I, I get frustrated because I haven't seen it happen yet. It's like Abraham. God says, Abraham, I'm gonna make you the father of many nations. Well, it didn't happen when Abraham and Sarah thought it would. And so they decided, what we'll do is we'll take matters in our own hand. And Sarah says, hey, why don't you take this girl and go make babies with her? And Abraham says, well, if I have to. What they did was they, got, they, got, they, they took matters in their own hand. I think sometimes we get frustrated because I've prayed over this for years. I even have a word from God. And when I don't see it the way I want to see it or I don't see it in the amount of time that I thought I should see it, what happens is I get weary in the well-doing, I walk away, and because of that, I don't reap. We have to understand that there's a process that says in due season. Somebody say in due season. In due season. This is the most important thing you could probably ever learn in your life. In due season. There is a season and a moment and a time for everything. And sometimes the process of your prayer is so that you can get ready for the season for it to burst forth. In other words, there are things that we are praying about sometimes that God says, yeah, I love it. That's my will for you. That's what I desire for you. Keep on praying, keep on believing because there's a season and if I gave it to you right now, you wouldn't be able to handle it. See, the right thing in the wrong season can actually crush you. Did you know that? My wife sitting over there on the front row I believe she is the right woman for me, 100%. She's the right woman, but had I married her in the wrong season, our marriage wouldn't have worked. If I would have married her a few years earlier than I married her, 
our marriage, it would have gone through a lot of problems and it'd be a miracle if it would have survived. Right thing, wrong season. So there are things that we pray for, we desire, we even get a word and, and we're thinking like, why is this? Just be patient. Learn to trust God. Relaxation is your new word. Relax. God is in control. He is God and he's really good at his job. So I can relax. God, I know you've said this. I know that you desire this for my life and I continue to pray. I continue to believe. I continue to press on, but I trust that you will work it out. In the right season, it's going to burst forth. That's, that should bring extreme confidence and comfort to many of you today that there, there's a season. There's a due season. There's a due season. There's a due season. Just because you haven't seen it, don't get weary. Don't give up. Don't walk away. There is a season. There is a season you will meet the right person. There is a season that your finances will turn. There is a season. Are you here? There is a season that you'll start the new business. There's a season. I don't know if you're familiar with T.D. Jakes, and I don't know if whatever your opinion of him is, it doesn't matter to me. But years ago, he started a church. It was either Virginia or West Virginia. And that church did not explode, did not grow. And he worked his fingers to the bone. He sweated. I mean, he was wearing, he had the suit that he wore so much, he had to wash it in the washing machine. And he started wearing out the inside lining of it. And I could see like, well, God, you've called me to preach. Nobody's coming. Nobody's financing it. And you could get frustrated and give up and walk away. But in due season, he spoke a message called, Woman, Thou Art Loose. And that thing went nationwide, turned everything around. He goes to Texas, builds a massive church. The greatest highlight of his life, if you ask them to this day, is around 1993. He's walking through a hotel in Orlando, and a man says, Come here, Bishop. I want you to meet R.M. Meshagan. And I walked up, and he said, Hello. Nice to meet you. Highlight of his life. <laughs> just kidding but you get my point there's a season the moment that God thought of me the moment I was conceived the moment my mother gave birth to me I had a calling and a purpose on my life and I was called to pastor activation church but how many of you are thankful that there was a season for it because if I was eight years old pastoring this church I would have destroyed a lot of lives, including mine. There's a season. I could go deeper. King David. His dad throws a party. Samuel's coming to anoint the next king. They don't even think much of David to even invite him to the party. Samuel goes down the line. None of these boys are called to be king. You got anyone else? Oh, there's David, but he's out there keeping the sheep. All right, bring him in. David, we anoint you to be king over Israel. Did you know he didn't leave that party and go to the palace? He didn't leave that party and go immediately to the palace. He was anointed to be king. He was called to be king. He was the man after God's own heart, but there was still a process. I need you to go back to the field because in the field, I'm going to teach you how to take care of some sheep. My people are sheep. In that field, I'm going to teach you how to fight because you're going to have to be a mighty man of war. All this stuff was preparing him for this moment to where he would face Goliath. He defeats Goliath. He gets invited to the palace. Then he goes through all these things with, with King Saul. And Saul's trying to kill him. But God's producing inside of David this integrity that he's going to need to lead the nation of Israel. So when the moment comes and he sits on the throne, it's the right time. It's the right season. Are you getting that? So don't get frustrated with where you are. 
Keep on praying, keep on believing, and have faith. My question is this. If, if Elijah is a person just like you or I, and he prayed passionate-filled prayers full of faith and saw amazing things happen, what's going to happen for us when we start praying these passionate, faith-filled prayers? What can God do for your family? What can he do for your home? What can he do for your community? What can he do for your business? Don't be intimidated to pray big. God will never say, Bob, let's take it down a couple of notches. It was too big. Never. Don't be intimidated to pray big. And don't allow your faith to cap you at any certain place. We believe that God is able. And I believe for everybody that's watching online that God is able to meet you at the point of your need. And before we close the service and I pray for everyone else, I want to pray for those that are watching. Father, move in a mighty and a powerful way. Touch their heart and touch their life. Meet them at the point of their need. God, you know what they're going through and you know what they need. And Lord, you are the solution to every problem. So God, move. Bring strength, bring joy, bring tr peace, bring comfort, bring health. In Jesus' name, amen.